Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover and also has a property investment consultancy. And Simon has a number of buy-to-lets and runs Patma, which is a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. We're going to keep the intro really short and sweet and simple this week. And I'm just going to say, please do pass this episode to a property investing friend of yours. And hopefully they'll appreciate it and we will certainly appreciate it. Now, this week, I'm going to not quite report on the the full figures and excitement and results from my recent property refurbishment and letting. But we are going to talk a little bit about the letting process itself and and hopefully uh, some thoughts of ours around how that feeds into the the wider market at the moment so where where do you think we should start Stuart well we were talking about voids and the average uh, number of days that properties are void for and so I think we should just talk about that in relation to your property first so as you've just let a property you were talking to me about a couple of things that you might have been able to do better, even though the market seems quite strong in terms of rental demand. So tell us a little bit more about your specific property, and then we can talk maybe about the wider implications in the market. Well, you mentioned voids. So if we're taking a void, I mean, the, the, the property obviously wasn't let previously, so it's not really a void. But I'll, I'll get out there with the, the sort of big scary number to start with and say that the property was empty from when I purchased it until when it was let for approximately 160-ish days. <laughs> so, so that's a little higher than, than I think the, the average void period is running. Yeah, five months is definitely longer than the, the, the current average, which is less than a, a half a month, around half a month. Indeed. So no, normally a void period for, for a rental property is the time it's empty between tenants. So there's lots of things that can affect that. But obviously, when a tenant is, decides to move out, assuming that that's the, the way it happens, they will give some notice, about a month normally. And that means that during that month, you need to advertise your property, interview new tenants, decide on a tenant, go through referencing, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have to give whatever notice if they haven't yet. And that then has to line up with with when they can, can move in after the previous tenants have actually moved out. So there, there is normally a little bit of a gap between those, those two dates. I have heard of landlords managing to get that down to actually zero, and the old tenant moves out on one day, and the new tenant moves in the, the very next day. But I think that's pretty rare. So I, I think the average void period at the moment in, in a recent article I saw was, was about 18 days across, across England. So that, that's not not too bad as, as you say about two weeks what, what do you think your record is for for void periods yeah I, th- I think so it's an average and i think the average is currently yeah 17 18 days and i think historically certainly the last few years the average across the uk is is about three weeks uh so 21 days my void because the buy to let uh, the buy to let is just a highly rentable one if it's if it's longer than a week i'd be surprised just because of uh, and that's just because of handover really i think when that was the a standard buy to let it's been used as airbnb 
And because we mostly run an HMO portfolio now, I would say we are, we've got a really good occupancy rate. In fact, it's been 100%. Well, it was 100% for a good, I would say at least a good four to six weeks. <laughs> and um, someone congratulated on me on that. And then, of course, as soon as we got the congratulations, someone handed in their notice. So, um, <laughs> but obviously, HMO is slightly different when we're thinking about those numbers. But, but typically, it, it's quite, I would say, quite low. And of course, a lot of your HMO portfolio is, is students, isn't it? So, so you always have a sort of kind of forced void period in, in the summer when they, they change over there. Well, only a third of the portfolio is um, student, two thirds is uh, working professionals. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, so in that sort of market, presumably it's, it's basically the same as buy to let in terms of somebody gives notice, you have to go through the process of finding people and then you just have to get the dates to line up as close as you can. Yeah. Uh, to, obviously, they're probably just a little bit more mobile than someone that's renting a flat or, or obviously a house. It's just a lot easier to, to move on. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're renting a whole whole property, typically you'll have furniture to move and things like that. So it, it means you. Although having said that, I think that might actually help reduce voids because if you have got furniture and things to move, there's a good chance you probably want a bit of overlap, assuming you can afford it, between your your new place and your old place so that you're not in that that sort of desperate must pack everything up in the morning in order to move it and unload it in the afternoon sort of scenario yeah definitely but the thing that made me laugh about yours was that you put your property online or marketed your property for viewings and then had a sudden realization yeah i'm glad we're, we're jumping straight in at one of the things i did wrong that's uh, <laughs> always a good place to start yeah <laughs> you know me <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I I've been planning to to get the property on the market, and I actually got photos taken and things like professional photos got those through. And it was actually a little while after that before I got around to to putting the listing online. I've been meaning to do it for a few days, and right, finally got got a little bit of time to actually get the listing ready and written and and online. And I put it online, and people started getting in touch almost straight away. Certainly within a few hours. As to, to sort of apply for, for a viewing. And it was only at that point that I then looked at my diary to work out when I could put viewings in and realized it was going to be just over a week before I had any availability at all to, to show people around this property. So not ideally timed. No, that's a, I mean, it's a good learning for most people because you do get sucked into just getting things done and making stuff ready and then availability and in fact, it's it's funny because that is a very similar situation to one I had on on, on our studio flat. Was the the only thing slowing down uh, our rental was was actually us because it was how I, I had people saying once we put it online and live, I, I had messages almost instantaneously saying, "Can we come in the next hour?" And I was like, "Well, no," because it actually takes me more than an hour to get to the property, so that so that's not going to happen. But because of the the huge demand we, we could obviously just set aside one day and I guess that's the similar for you is that at least you because there is demand you can say actually no this is going to be the day and we're just doing it all on this day yeah I mean it, it, you, you speak about demand there and yes the, the demand for this this property was absolutely ridiculous it's more than I have seen before ever and and the last property I rented in in the same town also saw quite high demand but this this was just something something else again so in the 
the week or so that I had the listing live, I received over 60 people um, messaging to ask for a viewing. And in the end, what I decided to do was uh, a sort of block viewing. So I had an, an afternoon on a, on a Saturday and I basically said, okay, I, I can do between this time and this time. I'm going to try and spread people out sort of every 15 minutes or so so that it's not, people aren't sort of tripping over each other. But basically, it's, it's going to be a, a block viewing. And if, if you can do during this time, then that's great. Tell me sort of roughly when you can and can't do, and I'll try and schedule it in if I can. But if you can't do during this time, then, then I'm sorry. That, that's when the viewings are, and you just can't view on this occasion. And, and yeah, from, from those 60, actually, I should also say, that the first thing I did to, to whittle down the 60 was apply a, an affordability check. So one of the questions that, that come through with applications on, on open rent, which the platform we're using, is the, the person's income. And I think we, we talked about this actually on a previous episode a few weeks back. And uh, the rent I was advertising as, I, I think, needs to be no more than 40% of a person's income. So a quick way of working that out is take the rent, times it by 2.5, and that tells you the, the minimum income for, for the, the person renting the property. So lots of them I was able to just go through and say, no, you, don't, you don't meet the affordability check, the, the top level affordability check. So I was able to reject quite a few that way. And then the ones that were left, which was still quite a lot, I, I got back to and said about the block viewing. And some people obviously then never replied to that. But some did, and most of those I was able to schedule in. So I ended up with a, uh, I think, something in the region of fourteen or fifteen booked in for the for the afternoon in the end. So there's quite a lot of people to to come and view. And on the actual day, almost all of them turned up. Uh, I think two didn't in the end, although. To, to sort of semi-make up for that, one person who had been booked in actually brought someone else along as well to, to come and compete against them for the same property, which I thought was a, a bit strange. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a crazy busy afternoon, that one. Yeah, that is very strange to bring someone else with you. And d- did you have people that would, would just finish the viewing and say, yes, I'll have it? Yep. So basically everybody said they they'd like it. And the, the approach I took was to say, well, I'm not going to decide on anyone now because I've got all these viewings booked in. I'm going to do all the viewings and sort of collect all the information about people. So I was do- the, the way I was running the, the viewings was they'd turn up, I'd say a quick hello, and I'd say, please go and have a look around, help yourself. And if you're interested, then make sure we have a chat on the way out. And everybody stopped to have a chat and I would do sort of a a, a mini interview at that point asking about their their situation where they're moving from why they're moving what they can afford what their income is whether they smoke whether they have pets who would actually be living there whether it's just them or with pets or with children or whatever else so just sort of the 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 general basics and following that everybody I, I spoke to said they would be interested in, in taking it. And I left it as, okay, I'm going to talk to everyone before I make a decision. And when you, when you leave, please send me another message on OpenRent just to 
absolutely confirm that you're definitely interested. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll get back to everyone the following day. Very good. Well, and as landlords, it's um, always good to be in that situation to have that demand. And it appears that it's not just you, that uh, the, the data that we're seeing and the headlines that we're reading at the moment suggests that there is quite a lot of demand. But on the converse of that, just to be slightly contrarian, in, in my area in the southwest, and this is related to HMO properties, but we are seeing a definite reversal of that trend where we, we did put uh, put rents up in line with energy price increases that we had still hadn't caught up with and inflation. But that has led to uh, a few uh, a few rooms becoming vacant. And it's not just down to the rental increases, actually, a slight digression, we did have a few people that were selling things from property that, uh, uh, let's just say they weren't necessarily legal. <laughs> I think mean, that's all we can say at this stage. But essentially had to be removed from oh, the property. Dear. Yeah. Um, but that's meant that actually we, we've had a few rooms become empty and we've had to put the prices back down. And, and again, this is just observational. This isn't a, uh, a cry for help from anyone. It's just um, just an acknowledgement that whilst nationally, you know, void periods may be down to 17 days or, on average, and, and so certainly in the southeast, we may be still seeing a very strong rental market. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the same in all markets. No, indeed. And, and another article I was reading recently was suggesting that the rental market in London I mean, London's a big area. I suspect it varies a bit. But they were suggesting that the, the rental market in London was also softening a little bit. And, and the headline was saying that asking rents drop as agents and landlords compete for tenants. But if you read the actual content, they, they were saying that in one or two cases, they, they've had tenants be able to negotiate down prices. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's quite as, as severe as the, the headline suggests. But even so, I mean, it shows there is a, a softening, which is complete contrast to, to what I was seeing but perhaps in in similar to, to what you've you've been seeing I think it does vary a lot based on where you are and and the, the specific property market in your area yeah and I suppose it just takes me to thinking well so what does this mean to us as investors and landlords and I guess there's two ways to go first is you know making sure we're preparing properties and timing things to ensure that that void period is as short as it possibly can be and i know that's uh yeah thanks Stuart. that's really great advice you've, you've just given us there but i mean that that is where it takes because we, we just don't know how the market's going to be but then also the other element that we're hearing about is and the one that was really interesting to me if you can share about that was the number of tenants that said that they were coming from Tenant from previous properties where the landlord was selling the property. Yes, this was something else that was quite surprising to me. It's a standard question I ask of people as to what their situation is and where they're coming from and why they're moving. And of those over 10 people who I saw in that, in that afternoon of viewings, nearly half of them, so I think, I think it was about five, I think it was five people who said this, and there were just over 10 people who came, so ne- nearly half of them said that they were moving because their landlord was selling and had given them notice to move out. So that, that's a really big proportion of people moving because their landlord is selling up. And to, to tie in with sort of anecdotal advice that no one is ever going to be able to actually follow on, on minimizing void periods, 
one of those tenants who was being forced to move because their landlord was selling actually said that their landlord had given them quite a long notice period and they still had a few months left. And when I, uh, the following day, got back to them and said, I'm, I'm very sorry, but I've decided to go with a, a, an alternative applicant, they replied and said, well, if you happen to, to have another house or purchase another house before we have to move out in a few months' time, do, do let us know and, uh, and we'd be happy to, to take that. <laughs> so how about that? Go, go out and find a tenant before you've even bought a house. And then you could uh, go out and buy a house specifically for, for them and uh, have a tenant lined up, ready to go before even purchasing. So I, I think that's, that's the new, new tactic everyone should follow. Yeah, and I do always chuckle when I hear that because I've, I've, you know, I've had people say that to me before in the past. Like, oh, when you, when, you, when you buy a property here or you buy a property there, let me know because I'll have to move in. And I thought, do you know how many stars will have to align for that to actually happen? And don't get me wrong, I'd love it. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure there are situations where you could you know, buy a property and get the, all of the timings to work out, but it would be so fortuitous for that to, to happen. But uh, the, the other side of that is that, you know, from what you've told me, just on those uh, number of applications, is that you, you know, half of them, maybe they're coming from the same block of uh, flats or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, half. I, of them... I did actually ask them where where they're coming from as well, so I can actually say no, they don't. They're they're, they're all coming from different places. Of course, yeah. they could all have the same landlord. Yeah, and they're just selling their thinking. entire portfolio across the area, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they were coming from different properties, <laughs> which could be a thing. But e- either way, it, it it does indicate that. What we're hearing, you know, f- from the street is actually happening, and which isn't a surprise that landlords are selling up. So again, I think, well, what does that mean to me? Well, could we? Can we find landlords? So I, I know I'm in touch with quite a few landlords now, and um, fortunately, you know, in touch with them at the right time when they want to sell. Now, unfortunately, I don't have bottomless buckets of cash to to throw at them, but it just means I have those conversations when they're ready. But as as investors, could we look at buying these properties? But the the other thought I had, which you and I were talking about, was, well, if there is a mass, if there is a, a now a massive you know, undersupply and an increased demand, or somewhere between the two, would that mean that these you know investor properties are going to drop in price or stay static? Because because logic would say no that if. Uh, you know, if they're selling to a, uh, a residential market, maybe, but if they're already tenanted properties, the likelihood is that they're going to be sold as such by agents. In which case, should we be expecting to buy for less? Then I, I, I don't, I don't know. So it's uh, it's an interesting one. It is, and I, I was actually curious about this, and I after hearing all of these people saying they're moving because their landlords are selling, I thought I'd go and have a look and see if I could find lots of properties that were being sold either with tenants or perhaps sort of post-tenant. And looking for those with tenant for sale seems really difficult. There are some dedicated websites out there that specialize in selling tenanted properties or even property portfolios. And looking on there, I could find nothing in this area at all. And in actual fact, the number of property listings on, on the sites I checked seemed quite low, I think, compared to sort of past times when I've looked at these sites. So I think that people are probably evicting their tenants in order to sell the properties not tenanted, which is, I think is partly a, a shame for the, the tenants and partly a shame for 
new investors who could potentially have a, a sort of ready-made rental property. Although I do see a, a potential issue there with, with rents and rental cover for, for mortgages and things, but it, it does, does seem a shame to sort of force people out of homes that they might like and might have been in for years and might have wanted to stay in for, for years more. And they, these properties are, are then going to be sold empty and presumably they will then sit empty during that sale process and for some period of time. And as you say, there's going to be a number of them coming onto the market as these evictions go through and complete. And then presumably that will, will help increase supply and, and possibly reduce pricing. Obviously hard to tell for, for the, what the demand will be on the other side, but, but the, po- the possibility is there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess what we're seeing there is, is kind of really the, the ultimate uh, set of outcomes from the number of policies that have been set in play over the past few years that have made things very challenging for landlords and um, is definitely beyond the scope of this particular podcast episode and, and potentially beyond the scope of, of us and our remit anyway. Oh, I don't know. I, I think that's another interesting discussion. I mean, again, we, we are pretty much out of time for today, but very quickly, I, I see lots of people saying, why are all these landlords selling? Uh, assuming you accept that they are, and there have been some people arguing that maybe they're not, and certain data suggests the number of rental properties is increasing and, and what have you. And again, I think that is probably a, a big regional variation. But in some areas, certainly lots of landlords are selling. And people are saying, well, why are they selling? Is it because there's more tax or a change in tax? And people say, no, because the tax change has been introduced years and years ago. And, and people have known about it for ages. And so that can't be it. So is it because of all the regulation changes? Uh, and again, the, the bigger regulation changes have been known for longer. So why is it happening now? And, and then people say, well, maybe it's the, the perspective changes that are, might be coming in. But I, I think, generally speaking, landlords don't get around to doing anything until they're forced to. So trying to preempt legislation that may or may not happen, probably, maybe not. I mean, the, you can see arguments against that. So then is it because the interest rates have all gone up? But again, it's only going to affect some people. Lots are on fixed rates that won't go in for, for a while and things. So uh, my summary, I think, is really you cannot look for the reason landlords are selling. I think it is just that there is a, a compounding effect of lots of things over quite a lot of years that are gradually coming to the fore and people are noticing a bit more and they're interacting to have a bigger effect. And it, it is really just the, the compound effect that is really causing people to now gradually decide that they actually want to get out of property and, and sell certain properties. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the whole point is it's okay, you've, you've, you've removed, you know, interest rate relief. Fine. Okay, you've, you've you know, you've now, uh, you, you've introduced a, a 3% surcharge. Okay, we'll deal with that. And, and, and like you say, you know, so, so it gets to a stage where there are now so many things, it's precluding many people from entering or doing it this way. But of course, it could just be that someone has decided to sell their property because, uh, because life, you know, so, um, but I, I, and, and we take a view on it because we spend a lot of time in property, working in property and talking about property that we're obviously a lot more aware of it. But uh, that is what makes this such an interesting topic of conversation. Indeed, it does. And if you'd like to hear more from us on this topic, then drop us a note. 
you can get in touch with us either on show at thebusinessofproperty.com or on Twitter using at B-I-Z of property. Um, we'd love to hear what you think of this topic and whether you think we should talk about it more in, in, in more depth, because I think we've certainly got a lot more that we could, could say on that particular topic. For this episode, though, I'd just like to request again that you pass it on to another property-loving friend, as I'm sure they, they'd appreciate it, and Stuart and I certainly will too. For now, we'll leave you there, and we will look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye.